Everybody okay this morning? Good. Huh? Good. Praise the Lord. We, uh, if you're wondering, are we that kind of church? Yeah, yeah. we are. We're the kind of church where uh, we don't believe we don't believe that Christianity is is something that's just an, an a slight enhancement right. to your natural life. It completely changes your life. Completely <laughs> different. You know what I mean? Well, when when you meet Jesus. And and then when you begin to uh, when you begin to get into what he's told us in the word of God, and when you begin to allow that word to affect your life, to change the direction of your life, um, it's completely different kind of living. And uh, God doesn't just want people that will live for him. He wants people where he can live through them. See the difference. That that is what. See, because before Jesus came, you could live for God before Jesus came. He didn't have to come and die for that. He came and died so that he could live in us, work in us, and that our lives can be really completely different from the lives of those who don't know God. And, and you hear that phrase I just used? Knowing God. It's a relationship. I said it's a relationship. You and him. Well, do you have a relationship with any human on this earth? What's that relationship based on? I mean, how does that relationship develop into something? You have some acquaintances, people that you recognize, but you barely know their name, right? Yep. How many know a lot of folk call themselves Christians, and that's all God is to them? And, wow. You know? Wow. Yeah. Um, but then there's other folk that you get friendly with. Well, how, how did that happen? You spent time with them. Time. You got around them. Yeah. And you began to get in you some of what was in them. Right. And there's mutual, there's, there's yeah. right? And so that's the way it is with God. If you, want to, uh, if you want to enjoy the Christian life, you're going to have to get to know him. How do you do it? She's already said the number one way is he's, he's written you a love letter. Yes. Or actually, kind of a big one. Yeah. His, his, word. Yeah. his word. His word. You get to know him by what he said to you. The Bible is God talking to you. Talking to you. He wrote this to you. Right? And uh, if you were the only one, he wrote it to you. And you have to read it like that. You can't read the Bible like, well, some folks don't read it at all, so no problem, right? But uh, those who do read the Bible, which if you want to get to know God, you're going to have to hear from God. And uh, you don't read this just like you read a news article or like you read a Facebook story. huh? You read this as though God is personally speaking to you because he is. Can you say praise the Lord this morning? Can you, somebody, can you say that? Can you let those words? Try it again. Praise the Lord. Let's say it three or four times. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, you might say that bothers me. You're not going to like heaven. Heaven's just like that. People praising. People being a little bit loud sometimes. Amen. Not for the sake of being loud, but because these things are real. These things are real. So, if you have your Bibles, we want to hear from God this morning, don't we? Uh, Turn with me to the... 10th chapter of 2 Corinthians. If you don't have a Bible with you, we will put those up on the screen, but I'll encourage you, get a Bible, mm-hmm. bring, it, bring it, and uh, don't just bring it to church. Make it, make it part of your, your daily routine. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We've been talking for a couple of weeks ministering to you on the subject of your mind and your thoughts. And uh, actually, I just turned to the, you know what, since I did turn here, you don't have to stay in 2 Corinthians, but I just turned to the scripture that we had been starting with, and I'll I'll read that to you, okay? Mm -hmm. 
these last couple weeks. Some of you may not have been here for all, for all of it, but uh, you'll hook right in. Praise the Lord. Yep. You doing okay? Over in Ephesians 4 is where I'm reading, um, and it just says in the 22nd verse that you must put off your old self. Put off your old self, which belongs to your former, former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. It, did, you, did you hear that? Mm -hmm. There's something about the way you were before you received Christ that was corrupt. Yeah. Now, corrupt doesn't mean, you know, totally worthless, but you know, you can have a computer uh, uh, code that's been corrupted. Right. And it just doesn't work like it's supposed to work. It just doesn't function one like it's supposed to. It's right. been corrupted. corrupted. See what we're saying? Mm -hmm. so there's something about you that was corrupted right. and through, through deceitful... Well, what's deceit? What's being deceived mean? Being deceived is when, when there's something false, but you think it's real. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's something that's not true, but you think it is true. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Right? Mm -hmm. right. Well, that's exactly the problem. There's something about us when we come to Christ that's corrupted, mm -hmm. not just quite there. There's something that uh, resembles truth, but isn't just quite 100% right. deceived. Mm -hmm. Uh, but notice what the next verse, the next verse tells us exactly what that thing is. It says, be renewed in the spirit of your minds. It's your thinking that's corrupted. Right, right, right. It, when you come to Christ, praise God, when it, if any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, he or she is a new Amen. creation. You've been created, you've made, been made brand new. Where have you been made brand new? On the inside, in your spirit, your inner man. But something still has to happen after that with your thinking. How many know when you said yes to Jesus, your thinking didn't automatically change? Right. That's right. You bring the same thinking into your relationship with God that you had before you had a relationship with God. Right. Something has to happen. And the problem is, next to God's thoughts, which are perfect, which are, which God's thoughts, if you will align your life with God's thoughts, you can live like God lives. Amen. You didn't just say that. Yeah, yeah, we just said that. This is the story. These are God's thoughts, and this is how God lives. This is how God thinks. He gives us his thoughts. The Bible says over in Isaiah, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Anybody ever heard that verse? You ever heard that? My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. Well, he's not saying that to say, too bad down there. Mine are higher than you. Don't even try. No, he's not saying that. He says, my thoughts are higher, but he offers us his thoughts. Right. He gives, he says, here's what I think. This now you way. think this way. Yeah. Yeah. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That's right. Amen. Mm -hmm. So Amen. getting your mind reprogrammed and aligned with God's thoughts is how you put off the old man That's right. and put on the new man and walk in the new kind of life that God's provided for us. Now, you may not realize it or recognize it, but I want you to know this is good preaching already. And I'm just getting started. Amen. You might say, I hoped you were finishing. No, just getting started, but we won't keep you too long. Praise the Lord. Now, over, we, we began talking about this process and, and uh, said, said this, that wrong thoughts, which everybody has to deal with. That's right. Everybody comes into the Christian life thinking somewhat wrong. I mean, you thought right enough to say yes to Jesus, you know what I mean? But that's because you heard some of God's thoughts. Mm -hmm. 
And so uh, you have to deal with these wrong thoughts. But you to, we need to understand, too, that even after a person's been a Christian for years and years and years, you still, unless you keep your mind consistently and constantly renewed to the Word, you're still going to have thinking that conforms to the patterns of the world around you. Your thinking is going to get off unless you, unless you constantly keep it conformed, uh, renewed by the Word. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. Amen. Now, the problem with wrong thinking is that a lot of wrong thinking can lead to a big mess. Wrong thoughts lead to wrong behavior. I'm sorry, lead to wrong believing. Wrong believing leads to wrong behavior. And we're using extreme examples because we we know know, nobody in here would do this, but uh, because you see it in the news once a year, maybe twice a year, maybe more than that throughout the years of, of somebody going into a school and shooting people. And we understand this, that that behavior didn't just happen. That's right. That behavior was the result of wrong beliefs. Yeah. And those wrong beliefs all started, if you go back far enough, all started with a wrong thought that somebody didn't deal with. That's right. right? That's right. Now, it wasn't just wrong thinking that causes a person to go into a building. There is such a, just like God is real, there isn't a, a being called Satan or the devil. There are demons. They're real as well. And they desire to influence and drive people and direct people. Yep. Amen. And one of the wonderful things about getting your mind renewed is it helps you so clearly see the difference between what the devil is influencing and what he, the direction he's trying to take people and what God's doing. And you know who had their mind perfectly renewed? A man named Jesus. And when he ended up in the wilderness, 40 days tempted by Satan. Don't you understand? Satan had an idea of what was coming down the pike. And he wanted more than anything to stop Jesus from being effective in his mission. If he could get Jesus to sin, if he could get Jesus to stop, if he could get Jesus to die. He would have succeeded. And so the enemy, the devil, he threw everything he had at Jesus. Where did that battle take place, though? He spoke suggestions, thoughts brought them to Jesus. If you're the son of God, anybody ever remember it? Luke 4, Matthew 4. If you're the son of God, throw yourself down from here. If you're the son of God, turn these, turn these rocks into bread. Because Jesus was, hadn't eaten, he was hungry. Turn these, if you're the son of God, do this. Do, what's, what's that? That's a thought. That's a suggestion. That's a prompting. Yep. Trying to get him to act in, such, in, in a way opposite and outside of what God had for him to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. And how did Jesus answer? When he said, if you're the son of God, turn those rocks into bread. He said, it's written. It's written. It's written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from God. Amen. That's how he responded. Yep. He responded by saying, it is written. If that's how Jesus got victory over the enemy, when the enemy was trying to bring wrong thoughts to his life, that's how you and I are going to have victory when the enemy brings wrong thoughts to us. But the only problem is, if the only words you know are the it is written part, but you don't know what's written, you're not going to be able to successfully resist and stand your ground. When wrong thoughts come, That's what right. do you end up doing? You'll end up yielding to those wrong thoughts. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. 
So, that's why it's so vital to know what God said. Jesus said it's written. Well, the other, you know, after, after he tempted Jesus to turn those rocks into bread, you know, do a miracle without the power of God. Do the miracle that God hasn't directed you to do. Jesus couldn't have done it. Don't know if you thought about that. God didn't direct it. If God wasn't behind it, Jesus, Jesus could not because Jesus said, I only do what I see or hear my father do. Meaning everything he did was directed by his father, directed by the spirit, the father's spirit that lived in him. Understand? Jesus didn't go around indiscriminately and randomly doing supernatural things. He couldn't. He needed God's power behind him to do that. And so Jesus, if if he had commanded a rock to become bread and God wasn't in it, what would have happened? The rock would have stayed a rock. And Jesus' confidence in his his ability to follow God would have been maybe not destroyed but hurt. Well, see, that's exactly what the enemy wants. Because, I mean, Jesus ended up. How did Jesus end up? He stayed with what God had said in the words said to him by the spirit and he ended up doing how many miracles raising people from the dead all kinds of stuff one after another after another glory to God are you with anybody here this morning praise the Lord and so you know after that one didn't work what then what did the enemy do well worked harder on him well if you're the son of God if see what's he doing bringing doubt bringing trying to get Jesus to doubt who he even was if you're the son of God, since you're the son of God, you should be able to fly no problem. So throw yourself down off the cliff. And then the enemy said, for it's written, he'll give his angels charge over you. Actually misquoted Psalm 91 a little bit. And Jesus, what did he do? Jesus said, it's also written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. You don't go do stupid stuff. He's like jumping off a cliff. Well, what was the enemy trying to get him to do? To take his own life. Right? So those wrong thoughts, what can a wrong thought lead to? When a person takes their own life, it began with wrong thinking that was left unchecked. Wrong thinking that was allowed to run its course, turn into wrong believing, believing I'm worth it. Uh, a genuine belief. Not, how many know it's, it's easier to deal with a thought and uproot a thought than it is to uproot a belief system. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, come on now, it's easier to pull up a little weed yeah. than it is to pull up a mini, a mini tree. Come on now. Right? right. Out, of your, out of your garden. Yeah. And, and so when a person gets a wrong thought mm-hmm. about you're nothing, mm-hmm. well, you deal with it when it's a thought. But that can turn into a belief to where a person genuinely believes, I am worthless, I have no purpose, I'm nothing. And then the enemy, you know, while you're beating yourself up with the hammer, so to speak, the enemy will say, I got a better hammer for you. It's a lot bigger. It's like Thor's hammer. Here, use this one. Use this one. And he'll get on there and he'll help you out. And he'll say, not only do you have no purpose, you'd be better off dead. You'd be, the people around you would be better off if you were dead. Everybody would be better off if you're dead. Better off if you're dead. And, you, and that comes a belief. And you believe that you'd be better off dead. And eventually you will act on what you believe. That's right. How does it all start? Thought. Thought. Woo! Way back with the first thought. Right. That's right. 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 Does the Bible say anything about your worth, about God's plan for, oh yeah, well we love Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, plans to 
not to harm you, but to give you a future and a hope and a purpose. God's got a plan for your life. You're here to do something. You're here for a purpose. Amen. He's got a great plan for you. But, but you have an enemy, and not only the enemy, sometimes, uh, sometimes the enemy will use other people. He won't just speak directly to you. He'll, t- he'll talk to you through folk that you thought was your friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll just repeat what he's suggesting. Yeah. He talked to some, you know, the enemy talks to some kids through their parents. It, I mean, isn't that the... Isn't that the most awful thing? But I've, I've seen it. I've seen parents talk so down to their children about how, how they're no good. And all the parents are doing, the kid messed up and the parents are walking by sight and they don't know the truth to tell them. So what do they do? They just tell them the way it looks. You're going to end up in the penitentiary. You're going to end up pregnant. You're going to end up, in, you're going to end up this. You're going to end up that. And they work it. If, if parents had any idea how sensitive the spirit of their children is, you watch what you say. Some of you, haven't, some of you aren't married yet. Some of you will have kids someday. Watch what you say. They come out like a clean sheet of paper and you get to be the first one to write on that sheet of paper. Come on now. And you can, you can tell those kids. And we did it from the very first with our... But see, thank God we knew these things. Some don't know. And so you got to help undo some things. But God can. God can. But from our kids, when, we, when, they, I mean, when they first came out, we'd start talking to them about their future and, they, and how we believe in them. Every day. Every day. Say stuff. What do we say to you every day sending you out to school? You do remember. You're sharp. You're quick, you're good looking, you're athletic. You know, some of these things were purely by faith, like that, that athletic part. Athletic, very rich, a major blessing, and you live in a bubble of God's protection. Amen. We say that to them every day, make them repeat it along with us. What are we doing? We're engraving. We're engraving things on them, setting, their, setting them up. Now, they can, still, they can still choose to listen to wrong voices, but it's not, it's not going to come through my mouth. Right. There's been times our kids didn't do the right thing, didn't make the right decision, you know, messed up this, messed up that, you, you know, turned in, did an assignment, never turned it in. I won't go into all of that, my God, you know what I'm saying, that kind of stuff. But we didn't just unload on them in the negative. Why? Because you already have a devil who needs family to help. Who needs the devil when you have family? And some people, you know. <laughs> yeah, praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. So, so Jesus, he, the way Jesus overcame the onslaught, and I mean onslaught, of one wrong thought after another, was by knowing enough of God's word that he could call it up and that word would come up and challenge those wrong thoughts. Yes. You know, like a, it would flag it. Yes. You know what I mean by flagging it? The word of God, if you get it in you enough, it will flag those wrong things. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. You know, the IRA, there's, there's certain stuff they say if it's on your tax return, it'll, it'll, it'll flag, it'll put up a flag for the IRS. I don't even know what, the, what kind of flag they fly. But I don't, wanna, I don't want the IRS flagging me. No, no, no. But you need, you need to monitor, you see, you're the one in charge. I don't live with you all the time. I can't monitor your thought life. You're going to have to learn to monitor your thoughts. That's right. You're going to, 
because listen, a whole lot of the battle of life, it's all in the mind. I'm not saying circumstances aren't real around you, but the battle, where, where the battle is won and lost, where victory is won or victory is lost, it's, it's in your thought life. That's right. Amen. Amen. All praise the Lord. So we've got to learn. Uh, did you ever find that verse I told you about, 2 Corinthians 10? That this is where we left off. We left off here last week, and uh, it took me that long to pick it up, but uh, you're going to have to flow with me because I only know how to do things this way. All righty. 2 Corinthians 10. Verse 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh. How many here you have flesh today? I do. Yeah. Huh? Mm-hmm. You, or you live this life on earth in a, in a flesh body. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. In other words, you winning your battles is not going to be the result of just something you do in your humanity. Did you hear me? You winning life's battles. Do you want to win life's battles? Yes. Or do you want to lose life's battles? I want to win. Do you know you're going to have battles in life? I do. You're going to have trials. You're going to have tests. I'm not trying to prophesy over you. I'm just letting you know. And the longer you live, the bigger they can get. Amen. You're going to have tests. You're going to have trials. You're going to have opportunities to say, ah, this faith stuff doesn't work. This word stuff doesn't work. You're going to have opportunities to walk by sight and turn away from these things. Mm-hmm. Huh? If you want to win, you have to understand that just you in your humanity, you are not fit for this battle. Right. You're, you're not qualified by yourself in the flesh. But if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, you're not by yourself. God lives in you and he's with you. Not to just wave at you and say, I'm with you while you're going down the drain. He's with you to help you. He's with you to deliver you. Wish I could get an amen from this side of the room. Hello, come on now. He's with you to help you. That's good news. That's not bad news. He's with you. We were singing earlier. Some, some of y'all were, were here. Some of you weren't. We were singing that first song. We've got the uh, thanks be to God, which always causes us to triumph. That's the scripture. That's 2 Corinthians 2.14. He gives us the victory. He gives us the victory. And so though you walk in the flesh, you're not waging war. You're not winning these battles of life just in the flesh. Mm-hmm. Verse 4 says, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. It's not your looks that's going to get you through. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> it's, not your, it's not just your good looks that's going to get you through. It's not your charm, your personality, your charisma. That's, uh, you might have some of those things, but that's not going to do it. It's not going to do it. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they have divine power. Say those two words with me. Come on now. Divine power. Now say it with some power. You know what I mean? Say, come on now. Divine power. That's right. You have weapons available to you. They have divine power to destroy strongholds. What is a stronghold? Well, in in a military sense, a stronghold would be a fortress. Mm -hmm. 
a, a place that's set up where, listen, if we are losing on the battlefield, retreat to the stronghold. We know the enemy can't penetrate that. Right. But then in your life, how many, uh, you, you got to understand this. The enemies that come against you try to set up strongholds in your own life, but things that are bigger than you can get through, things that are bigger than you can fix. Mm -hmm. That's true. Uh, it's possible for a person to have different things that bind them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Bind them, keep them, keep, put a limitation box in their life to keep them from going any further, make right. any progress. Right. There's bondage in, in different areas. There's physical bondage. Mm -hmm. yep. sure. Physical limitations. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many know just the human body? is physically limited. There's right. things we can do. There's right. things we you know, can't do. If right. you don't believe me, get up on the roof, jump off the roof, and you'll find out that you cannot fly. Because we're limited. Yeah. We're limited. Amen. <laughs> In that area. Amen. And if a voice comes to you and says, you can fly, start listening to these messages. Yes. Go back to the first one yes. about uh, what to do with your thoughts. Come on now. Yeah, well, oh gosh, what was I just talking about? Hallelujah. Divine power. Oh, stronghold. So there's physical limitations, but you can have, you know, you can have uh, things in your body causing you to be limited even from normal use. Mm -hmm. But do you know that if there's, so that would be a stronghold. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Somebody has, let's just take, uh, for example, somebody messes up something in their shoulder and they, they have a very limited range of motion. We'll see. They're, to a degree, they're bound physically. Right. Not to the degree that a, a quadriplegic or somebody who has no use of their limbs in a wheelchair, well, they're bound even more. Right, right, right. But that bondage, yeah. that's stronger than you can, you can't just with your mind and, and with your flesh or with your looks or with your personality, get out of that and no, fix that. Right. No, no, that's right. And if the doctor, we're not against doctors, we're for, you know, we, we, we believe in, thank God for everything that they can do, but they have limits. They'll be the first to admit, we can treat this, we can treat this, that we don't know what to do about. Yep. And if the doctors say, you, well, we can't really help that, right. then in the natural, in the flesh, it looks like, well, we're just stuck with this, and this is a limitation that's going to keep me from doing it, keep, I don't have the use of, full use of my arm. Mm -hmm. That's a stronghold, physical stronghold. Right. It's stronger than you. Yeah. You can't get out of it. But if you know how to fight God's way, you, there's divine power, divine power to do what to that stronghold? To destroy. 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 Destroy, destroy. destroy means destroy. obliterate. It's not, it, it, it's gone. It's gone. Physical strongholds. There's divine power. There's divine power. It's called healing power. The Bible says God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about, what did he do with that power? He went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. That's Acts 10.38. So there's, uh, there's physical strongholds. There's financial strongholds that could come against you. Things that, you know, it just looks like because of my education or lack of education, maybe I don't have what other people have um, degrees wise. So I'm stuck. I'm boxed in. This is as far as I can seem to go. And I, and I don't have this training and I don't have this training. Or I don't have this ability. That that would be a stronghold. Right. Whatever number it is, I can't get past 30,000 a year. That's just, it mm -hmm. seems like mm -hmm. I don't have what it takes. Mm -hmm. But there's divine power. In the flesh, that might be true. In the flesh, you might be from the other side, of the, the wrong side of the tracks. You might have not had all the right opportunities from the in the flesh. But there's divine power to demolish, destroy, obliterate, annihilate 
that stronghold that no matter what you do, I can't get past it. I know people who dropped out of school that are some of the richest people on the planet. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm not saying you should drop out of school. You shouldn't drop. As a matter of fact, I'm saying you shouldn't drop out of school. But the point is, if we're, just, we're not just relying on our education. We want divine power to go along with our education and bust us out of the limitations that would try to come against us. Well, that's not the only kind of stronghold, actually. One of the biggest strongholds and where, these, where the battle is won or lost for all these things. You see it in this next verse here. Divine power to destroy strongholds. Go ahead. We destroy arguments. Arguments, what's an argument? Well, when something is said, something is spoken, and you disagree with it, mm-hmm. and you oppose it. Every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And what do we do? We take every thought captive, captive to obey Christ. That's right. One of the biggest areas of bondage, one yes. of the biggest areas where the enemy would set up a stronghold is to try to put limitations in your thought life. Yes. If he can get you uh, thinking small, he can keep you living small. If he, can keep, if he can get you thinking in a restricted manner, he can keep you living. And why would the enemy want to keep you living in a restricted manner? To reduce your footprint in the kingdom of God, to keep you from doing more than you could for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Wow. Amen. So what is the divine power? What divine power do we have? Well, this is what I called, uh, if you were here last week, I talked about you know, because people all the time talk it, but if they have issues in their thoughts, and who doesn't? Right. Well, they say, well, what I need is therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you do. Yeah. But you need what I call replacement therapy. Yes. Yes. Where you replace wrong thoughts with God's thoughts. Amen. Your whole life, you're going to be in therapy. Amen. Amen. You're going to be in replace, you're going to need Repl- replacement therapy yeah. your whole life. Your whole you might, because you're all the time you're going to have thoughts come up mm-hmm. based on what you feel, based on what you see, based on circumstances. Mm-hmm. You're going to have thoughts come up mm-hmm. that oppose what God has said. Yes. And you're going to have to cast down, destroy. Yes. Uh, in another translation that actually says casting down. Casting down. You're going to have to cast down. You're going to have to set aside mm-hmm. the wrong thoughts, replace them with God's thoughts. Right. Where do we find God's thoughts? God's word contains God's Amen. thoughts. And so it, it, you, don't need to be a, uh, you don't need to be a college graduate to understand this. Yeah. That the only way you can replace wrong thoughts with God's thoughts is if you actually know God's thoughts. You, right. you, you're not going to win these battles. You're going to be limited. Yeah. You're going to be boxed in for your whole life living in less, living far beneath what God has for you. Yeah. If you don't learn his thoughts, his ways, his words, his principles, and learn them so well that you recognize when something comes along and opposes it. Mm -hmm. Do you understand this, that uh, we we still sometimes use printed money. Anybody here, you ever use cash? (laughs) How many here, you never, you're like me, you almost never use cash. Mm -hmm. Never use, okay, but the rest of you do use some cash. All righty. Well, pull it out. Pass it over. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just joking. 
No, but you, so you understand, we used to use cash almost ex- exclusively right. years ago. We didn't, there was no such thing as a debit card. Right. There was credit cards, but not debit cards where it just take it out of your account. So using cash, well, uh, if you wanted money and didn't have money, one option was to print your own. Right? Because they printed, I mean, they printed somewhere. And so there's people who were, it's called counterfeiting. And then, so, so once you have people that get into counterfeiting, and there's been people who've made a, a you know, pretty good career of it. Uh, once you get into counterfeiting, well, then you have to have those in law enforcement who are experts at identifying the counterfeits, yeah. right? right? Do you know how those experts learn to identify the counterfeit yes. money? They don't do it by studying counterfeit money. Right. Do you know how they get good at their job? They do it by studying the real, the real thing. They do it by studying real money, real hundreds, mm-hmm. real twenties, yep. real fives. And if you're dumb enough to counterfeit $1 bills, go through all that trouble <laughs> oh for $1. Goodness. You're stupid. You're just dumb. Amen. If you're going to counterfeit, at least start with a good amount. You know what I mean? Make it worth your time. But anyway, don't counterfeit. Okay. So they do it. They study. What do they do? They get to know that which is real so well that if yes. there's the slightest variation, yes. they pick it up. That's how you replace wrong thoughts with God's thoughts. That's how Jesus did it. You get to know what God has said so well that even if it sounds spiritual, even if it sounds like God, you can still tell, uh, and if you get to know his spirit, you'll be able to tell by, by the spirit on the inside of you. You'll go, that's, no, that might sound like God, but that's not God. Replacement therapy. Everybody say, come on, replacement therapy. I, where, where are you going Sunday morning? I'm going to, I'm going to see my therapist. I'm going, to, I'm going to get therapy. I'm going to get therapy. I'm going to get therapy. Huh? Amen. Yeah. Amen. But you know, you, you, I'll tell you, if you only get therapy on Sunday morning, you're not going to make it. You need, you, listen, we need daily therapy. Daily therapy. Replacement therapy. I'm replacing wrong thoughts with God's thoughts. Praise the Lord. Lord. That was my introduction. But I think that's all we're going to do. (laughs) I'm very different than my wife. She could preach this whole message. And, you know, maybe a week or two. Mm. Praise the Lord. I thought, you know, I think I'm going to start here and then get here. And I start here and get here. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes I'll start here and end up backwards in my message. But that, that's, that's the difference between the teaching gift and the preaching gift. Yeah, that's right. Amen. Amen. But we need them both. We need them yes. Thank God we have them both here. Amen. Praise Amen. the Lord. Stand up. We're going to be done. We are going to be done for today only because I I'm, I'm, feel like that's the right thing to do. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Isn't it good? Isn't it good to be able to learn these things? I mean, this is real stuff. I said this is real stuff. This will change your life if you'll put it into practice. Amen. And it'll do absolutely nothing for you if you don't put it into practice. Amen. And so you just Amen. wasted your time. <laughs> wow. Amen. If you have no intention, no, seriously. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why our church would, 
you know, wouldn't grow at the pace because there's many out there where they, they, uh, they actually, it's a lie, but they give the impression that all you need to do is come here once or twice a month and things will be okay. That's not true. That's just not true. And so there's much responsibility that's placed on us as believers. And I won't lie to you. Amen. You can get mad at me, but that's your wrong thoughts. But I won't lie to you and tell you that all you got to do is come and hear. Yeah, that's not true. No, no, no. That's like telling that's like telling the football receiver all you gotta do is run down the field and you get a touchdown. No, 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 no. no. You gotta you gotta get open, you gotta catch it, you gotta hold on to it, you gotta run the right direction, you gotta you gotta, yeah. you know, break yes. tackles. There's a lot you gotta do. Yeah. Yes. A lot of responsibility. No, you're not this you know, you're not you're not the quarterback and the receiver. No. We're the receivers. We're the receivers. Amen. Amen. And so what's being thrown at you? You got to do something with it. That's right. Amen. And who wants more responsibility? Not me. Not you. But let's just, uh, it's the truth. It's the truth. You have responsibility. And so take your responsibility. Be a doer of the word that you're hearing. Put it into practice. And and you'll be able to win your battles the same way Jesus won his battles. Anything else? All righty. Bless you. We love you. And you're dismissed. We'll see you next time.